once again. Ben Tainfinton. Ben Tainfinton. Ben Who should I buy him in? Oh, he's the head of the other head. Oh, all right, then I'll say Mr. Heaven. No, Barberman. Well, one of those guys, and the first (laughs) Oh, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Buckaroo Holiday. A tapestry and a tapas tray for the oral retentive. An Erstatz broadcast, curated in good faith by your own hundredth monkey, Sport Murphy. Yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Please be seated. We're coming to you via digital recording and transmission technology from high atop the first floor here at our Museum of Oddities in Bayshore, New York. Mere stumbling distance from the schoolyard gents, a legend in the annals of backyard hospitality. Behind me, you hear Inabaga. Inabaga, which is the answer to the question, Hey, Giuseppe, how you gonna carry you lunch? But I kid. Inabaga was a British organist, played for the silent movies, and later worked for DeWolf, the major library music provider. You'll hear her throughout today's show, but let me give you our first set of selections instead of wasting your time with this palaver. In reverse order, you'll hear Paula Watson from 1948, with a little bird told me. And the swingin' Ms. Watson will be preceded by something from loyal Buckaroo Holiday listener and Patreon supporter, Mike O'Shaughnessy, from one of his many projects, the duo Two Ones. I came to know his work because he's in the Patreon, but that ain't why I play it. I play it because he's great. His work is fantastic. And, well, more on that later. But uh, first, a musical message to Mike and to the rest of you for your support of Buckaroo Holiday, whether by contributing a lousy couple of freaking dollars a month, for crying out loud, or just by freeloading here while you can. And that message, my friends, from the album Artistry in Voices and Brass by Stan Kenton is... Thanks for you I offer my grateful heart now Sure that I know my part now In the scheme of things
sweep your stoop And dust your hood Do a loop To see your good It's a ritual morning And nobody needs a warning Like sugar Fingerprints in red and mint. See the tint of ash and flint. It's a ritual morning, and nobody needs a warning. Black sugar. City cracks beneath the stacks. We cross the tracks for new attacks. It's a ritual morning, and nobody needs a warning. Black sugar, black sugar. It's through You could sue But who An industrial Poisoning The company finds Annoying Black sugar
What does it all mean? I have no idea. It's just an old jingle I found. Here comes the singer again. Soon with the power release, go golden fleece. Activate. Yeah, I kind of dig head scratchers like that, you know. You probably know that about me by now, right? Just mysteries, you know. <laughs> I'll get more into that later, actually, in a more serious note. But um, anyway, Paula Watson, wasn't she great? She uh, was the singer and pianist on that thing. Looked like she was going to have a big career here in the States, but there was like a legal wrangle with another label. Uh, Decca Records had ripped off that record uh, for another artist, and um, she and her company sued Decca, lost the suit, and I don't know whether it was... The company went out of business, but she was frustrated enough, I think, to get out of the States and go to England, and then from there to Germany, and then from there to Sweden, and I guess she had a good career overseas. Uh, but... Uh, she had it, you know? She had that thing. And I think O'Shaughnessy also has that thing. I've talked about his label before, Sleeping Brothers Records. You can go to sleepingbrothers.com. They also have a Bandcamp offer where you can get, like, a whole pile of releases for next to nothing. Like, 20 bucks, you get, like, I don't know, a thousand albums or something. And they're great. I have hardly scratched the surface of his work. But I don't have to. Everything I listen to, I dig. And that album... American Bridge by Two Ones is a great place to start. The song is called Black Sugar, and man, it's got something, huh? You you go over to Michael Shaughnessy's stuff there. Go to the Sleeping Brothers and uh, check it out and get some of that stuff. You're going to be very happy you did. So trust me on that. Have faith. I'm going to talk about faith. I mentioned it before. You know, it's a, it's a weird topic to talk about because uh, not only... Am I not a preacher, but I don't really know what I mean by faith. It's just something that, you know, I was raised Catholic and um, it had a great hold on me when I was small and it went away when I got older. And um, it keeps returning, whatever it is. I don't know what it is. It's a mystery. Faith is a mystery to me. But I've come to believe that there's an end to every explanation you know, there's a limit to every proof. Beyond that, there's something inexpressible. There's some mystery that can't be explained, you know? I put it like this, I guess. Um, you got the math, the mathematics of music composition and the mechanics of musical instrument construction, the particulars of performance technique and the science of waves and audio phenomena. You know, you have all that to describe how music is made it doesn't explain the ecstasy of hearing an orchestra play the Ode to Joy or the Beach Boys singing Wouldn't It Be Nice. That's something else. What is that? I mean, to me, 
the urge to explain is an important human urge. It, it gives us mastery over things and understanding. I would like to think it also gives us respect for the things we don't understand. Some kind of humility and openness. Because something tells me there's something called a soul. I think there is, you know? I don't know what it is. It's Maybe it's what separates computation from consciousness. You know, it's getting kind of pretentious, ain't it? But uh, I don't know. Any AI you can get to is still not what we are. And that's the sort of thing I might have noted in some kind of a Facebook post back when. And, uh, you know, I'd suddenly get a bunch of messages from people who never wrote to me otherwise, unless it was about something like this or politics. And they'd put links to things, you know. Here's what Dawkins says about that. Wise up, you know, that kind of shit. It doesn't mean that uh, everybody now who's so uh, confidently anti-religion isn't religious because, I mean, like, okay, just today, right, I have this box of cereal in the kitchen. It's this Kashi cereal. It's toasted berry crisp, if you need to know. But on the, on the side of the box, you know, you used to have, like, sort of, uh, on the children's cereal, you would have little gags and riddles, or you might have in nutritional information, right? On the side of this box, it says, rise, play, spark, flow, fierce, defy, love, wander, shine. Hey, what the fuck is that? Catechism for dummies, you know? It's like it's like insta-prayer. It's a real big thing these days. You know, people put signs on their lawns to display to all how hate-free they are. That kind of thing. They think that that's really something important and sincere. They really do. You know, this is, this is their uh, prayer. This is their declaration of faith. But there is no actual faith that it's connected to. You know, everything's just what it is and nothing's what it means. Nothing's what it means. Anyway, uh, I ain't done, but I'm done for now. So back to the music. You might recall recently I played a record by a band called The Laz. Kind of English indie pop rock stuff. And this is kind of in that category, the first thing I'm going to play here. It's a band called Shack and an album called Water Pistol. And uh, it's a really weird story. The band recorded this album and then the studio burned down and the tapes went up in blazes. But the producer of the album had a dat copy of it, a safety. And uh, he left that in a cab or something. <laughs> and so the album was lost, but he was finally able to track the thing down. And by the time all this stuff commenced, the band broke up. And uh, so it was, the album was released many years after it was originally cut. And it's a great album. I'm going to play a track from it that I find kind of touching. It's called Walter's Song, and it's a, kind of a loving, comforting song to a child. Uh... I relate. And then a kind of a darker kind of comfort, but comfort nonetheless for an adult, an overburdened adult. I can also relate <laughs> by uh, the brilliant songwriter Towns Van Zandt. The title of the song is You Are Not Needed Now. And I can definitely relate to that. I'm going to take a breather from the heaviness of Towns Van Zandt's Geist. <laughs> and we're going to play Memories of Summer by Tony Hatch. We've heard Tony Hatch here before as well and talked about him. This is apparently from a British TV series called Love Story. Don't know if it was written for that, but, um, you know, I have it on an album of Tony Hatch tunes that are all very famous themes over there in England, some of which became popular here, but most of which are pretty much uh, limited to blighty 
But on its own merits, it's a great piece of music. Kind of in the library vein. Then I'm going to go to something that has a kind of personal connection. Reparata and the Delrons. One of the least appreciated girl groups, alas. They were great. And they were from my old neighborhood. My brother knew Reparata very well. And it was a trio. And they lasted through the Shangri-Las era into the psychedelic era and beyond. Had some success in England. Uh, but just underappreciated, I think. And here's a song called Tommy, which is uh, about a guy who doesn't deserve the love that Reparata and the Delrons are expressing for him. Sounds like a real creep, if you ask me. But, uh, you know, love is blind. And I, unless you're walking in Reparata's shoes, and it probably would be pretty uncomfortable to do so, I'm telling you. Uh, you know, it's, it's wrong to judge. It's wrong to judge. So uh, we'll, we, we won't. We'll just take her word for it about Tommy. But here we go. First with Shaq, the band Shaq, not Shaquille O'Neal. If he cut a record, I wouldn't play it. Because him I do judge. See, I'm a hypocrite. What can I tell you? Aye, aye, aye. But here is Walter's song.
Well, the birds were talking all at once And the old man mowing down his lawn He didn't look like much too bad a guy And I was thinking, hang on, man, something's wrong Your blues that do seem to be gone Heaven ain't bad, but you don't get nothing done Lay down your head a while You are not needed now You are not needed now Well, Allison laid an egg on me And every time I turn around Swimming through the air above my bed I told Miss Hicks said fine long as you're back in your room on time I keep you clean and the girls will keep you fed I lay down your head with mine you are not needed now oh, we got things to do well between the blankets made of wool trains go by every half an hour and a body can't get no resting done it's true so I spend my time as best I can thinking big and making plans and wondering where them trains are rolling to lay down your head poor boy how the ground does move Hear how the drivers sing Well, goodbye friends It's time to close Everybody knows That's the way it goes where was it you lived in case I'm ever there? Well, three doors down and two behind And it gets a little bit out of hand sometimes Don't let it fool you into thinking you don't care Lay down your head and fly And I quietly pass you by You won't even see well, if I thought about it long enough, I just might make some kind of move. Watchful eyes are too hard on the soul. With the smokehouse just across the way, and this fog upon the light of day, I'd be hard put coming up with where to go. Lay down your head, poor boy, and feel how the ground does move. Hear how them drivers sing. And what now, my darling one? We'll go find a little fun. You are not needed now.
Yeah, Reparata and the Delrons. If you like girl group music, and you ought to, I direct you to the rest of their catalog. Some really terrific records. Now I'm going to keep this spiel brief because uh, he did a lot of yapping before about that faith stuff and all of that. I know I'm going to get back to it. I'm not done, but, uh, but I'm going to give you a break because got to fit in the music, you know. We're going to make up the uh, the quotient of music that would normally be in the first part of the show, you know. We're going to jam some in there. So here we go. If there's a theme to this next set, I don't really think there is. I didn't think of it that way, but I guess you could say that this is music that I'm guaranteed to annoy somebody with each of these songs. They're, they're kind of genres that might turn some people off. The first one is uh, Hamilton Camp. He's an actor who started, I guess, as a singer, but I guess he did both. And he's been in a great number of movies. that You'd know him if you saw him. His music is in that uh, same vein as someone like Bob Lind, who I really like. But a lot of people find him kind of simpering, and they don't like all the um, mumbo-jumbo lyrics. And then he's got this actor's voice, this kind of earnest Broadway tenor sort of thing. But the music is beautiful. And I don't really know what he's singing about, but it seems to have a lot of meaning for him. And, you know, especially on today's show, I'm not going to dismiss anybody's faith stuff. Nope, uh uh-uh. Then some new wave, gothy new wave from Susie and the Banshees. Why not? And then Aichi Otake is going to give us a little bit of that uh, Japanese yacht rock that I've played previously. I did get some requests for more Japanese yacht rock, though I wouldn't call it an overwhelming favorite, but I like it. And then finally, the Moody Blues, who I've played a number of times here. And if you don't like the Moody Blues, you know, you can go um, use this opportunity, let it play, and you know, go make yourself a cocktail. I recommend you make a bull shot, which is kind of like a Bloody Mary, except you make it with, you know, beef consomme. So it's a, it's a cocktail including beef, and uh, it has a, an additional benefit that uh, if you're a vegan, you know, and you start getting into that that insanity that veganism causes, it's a good emergency go-to. It's kind of a medicinal thing, so. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, you know, vegans are bad people. I just think you're playing with fire. So think about it, and uh, think about it while you're listening to Hamilton Camp. Seven circles bring us round And fling us in a spiral heaven bound Seven lines run straight within And in and out, and out and in Seven rings that bind us strong That set us free from fate and wrong Seven lines that mark the way From dusty dark to shining day Round and round and round They're spinning Never ending No beginning Ever young Forever old You can't be bought You can't be sold Seven circles Round this place The shining light Of love and grace Seven lines Run straight and true from you to me and me to you.
circles round this place The shining light of love and grace Seven lines run straight and true From you to me and me to you Seven circles ring us round Seven circles ring us seven circles
Invocation, the fourth movement from Sins de la Forêt. How about that, huh? <laughs> By the composer Mel Boni. Means forest scenes, and it was written in 1928. Mel Boni was a terrific composer. Real name is Melanie Helene Boni. She went by the name Mel so that people would think she was a guy and actually listen to her music. And it worked to a limited extent, but um, still 
she was hampered by prejudice against her sex. And uh, she was not a great self-promoter either, and I can absolutely relate to that. So she's not well-known, but you should really check her out if you like this kind of music, this kind of um, borderline between late romantic and impressionistic kind of music. She wrote a lot of stuff, including that one for, uh, was it piano, flute, and French horn, I guess, but a lot of chamber work, uh, orchestral work, songs, the gamut. And if nothing else, check out that piece, uh, Scenes de la Forest. <laughs> it's uh, four movements, very accessible, varied in feel. You'll, you'll like it, trust me. And it pertains to this sort of theme that I have for this show. It's not a strict theme, but it's floating around this religion thing. Invocation. You know, it's um, kind of a prayer for help. And I do enough of that, I tell you. And that kind of thing is one of the aspects of religion that you could think about and that people experience. It's uh, by no means the main reason or expression of faith or the yearning for faith. My own loss of faith was a sad thing for me most of my life. And uh, it was a period where I celebrated it in that kind of sophomoric way that people celebrate certain things. Like when I was a kid and I would learn about certain parts of American history that were not as advertised. You know, like the anti-heroics of the brutality of the Indian Wars. I liked the uh, feeling of not having the wool pulled over my eyes anymore and telling people, well, you know what it was really like? And, you know, it's a phase you pass through and you learn about things and you sort of incorporate that into your view of life and history and humanity and, and everything. And uh, some people never let go of that, and they retain the that delight in their own cocky expression of the obvious. And then they kind of take it further, because people do need religion, like I said before, so they make a religion out of this stance, and they exaggerate it. And I'll um, explain that in a minute. But one of the things about this religion thing that I'm thinking about, I subscribe to a magazine now called First Things. I gave it a try. I was reluctant because it was clearly a religious-based magazine, and it's mainly Judeo-Christian, but not limited to that. But it's, it's essentially a, a look at the world from the standpoint of faith. And it's a great magazine. The writing is fantastic, especially when it deals with broader issues, not things that rely on your faith or your religious affiliation to really be interested in, but world issues and philosophical issues cultural issues. You really feel like you're getting something out of it when you read. I do, anyway. And it has to do with a couple of things that I've carried around in my head for a long time. For decades, actually. One was an interview I saw on C-SPAN with a religious correspondent for some magazine or newspaper. The interviewer said, well, you cover a lot of things that have nothing to do with religion. So how does that fit into your beat, your particular beat? And the journalist said, uh, well, I always look for God in the topic. And it really rang a bell in my head as a way of approaching one's work, you know. And I applied it to my work, my music at the time. I was writing a lot of songs, and I always... To look for the thing in whatever topic you're doing, no matter how goofy it might be, or no matter how, like, lowbrow or whatever, or abstract, you know. But something in it that's radiant and transcendent for you. Something... What, what is the thing that attracts you to this? There's something that's that's got a... a, a sliver of glory in it you know you want to find that and work from that point out and i can't claim that it worked to imbue my work with anything special but i can bemoan the shortcomings of my talent and my skill and i do <laughs> but i know it was honest in that way you know that was a good approach to take because i'm not ashamed of it 
most of it for um, not living up to that for me, you know? And the same kind of applies to the way I listen to things. Um, something in it sparks that other, accesses that other realm. I used to do this thing, this kind of meditative exercise, where I would just sit and listen to the sounds around me. I'd try to get as quiet as possible and isolate every single sound I heard. Just, uh, maybe it's the pipes in the house rattling. The pipes, the pipes are calling. But, um, maybe a car going by. Some TV buzzing in the background. Dog barking, for Christ's sake, while you're trying to do a podcast. The wind blowing, um, you know, who knows? Anything. Because there's always, you're always surrounded by all these sounds. You might notice it at night when everything's really quiet and weird sounds assert themselves out of nowhere. So in this little meditative exercise, I'd kind of suppress whatever I'm thinking and just listen to this ambient din that barely registers most of the time, you know? And I would try to isolate each one and really focus on it and tune the other stuff out and zero in on that thing and then begin to re-add them one by one until I heard everything almost all at once, but consciously, not as an ambient surrounding field of noise, but uh, as something I'm inhabiting, you know? And uh, I do the same thing sometimes uh, as far as uh, awareness of where I'm situated. So say I'm in a car in a parking lot and I'm bored, you know, waiting for somebody. I might look at the top of the car, I might look up and see the ceiling of the car and say, above that ceiling is the sky. I know it's there. I don't see it right now, but I know it's there. And you can look out the windows and there's this kind of infinite field around you. Um, you know it goes on and on. You, you, you know, you sense, you really feel that there's beyond your field of vision, this shopping mall or this row of houses or this highway, that there's more, there's more and there's more and there's endlessly more. And to feel yourself situated within that is uh, freeing in a way. You know, it uh, doesn't, it's, it's not humbling. It, it, it's, uh, it's just feeling present. And that's another thing I had heard somebody say, that that's the function of religion, to not to promise you eternal life, but to give you a fuller experience of life right now. And that is an infinite feeling, you know what I mean? The, um, if you can do that with space and you can do that with sound, you can do it with time too. You can feel that you're just in this moment and the moment is infinite. Eh, blah, blah, blah. I'll shut up about it. Maybe I'll get back to it later if I feel like it. I don't know. You don't have to listen to this stuff. You can go do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> but for enduring the sermon, you get to hear the hymns. And the first one here is a hymn. And I've talked about it before. It's Abraham Wood's Brevity, Man Born of Woman. This is the version that I love. It's by the Western Wind Vocal Ensemble. I didn't have this handy before, so I played a different version of it that isn't quite as true to the kind of tart, semi-dissonant harmonies of the original as written. Wood lived in the last half of the 1700s. He composed that funeral elegy for Washington that I played on a previous show. And this short hymn, aptly named Brevity, is, uh, I think, stunning. And since that was so brief, I'm going to stretch out on the next one. It's not super long, but it's kind of long. It's an instrumental piece by Yuji Ono, who is uh, a Japanese jazz musician and composer who did this album with an actor named Koji Ishizaka called Music and Fairy Tales. 
So it's uh, spoken word stuff and instrumental stuff. This piece is called Albion. What it has to do with England, I don't know, but I think it's pretty lovely. And it strongly reminds me, intentionally or not, of a song by Rodgers and Hart that you're going to hear performed by the magnificent Bing Crosby. And then a sort of a rarity, a live doo-wop recording by the Nutmegs doing a song by the immortal Stephen Foster, one of my favorite all-time songwriters. The last song he ever wrote, supposedly. And it happens to be the song that the band is playing in the final moments of the Twilight Zone episode, A Stop at Willoughby, when Gart Williams steps off the train. Here's that song, Brevity, by Abraham Wood. Thank you. 
You are too beautiful, my dear, to be true And I'm such a fool for beauty Fooled by a feeling that because I had found you I could have bound you to You are too beautiful for one man alone For one lucky fool to be with When there are other men With eyes of their own to see Love does not stand sharing Not if one cares Have you been comparing My every kiss with her On the other hand I'm faithful to you It's not through some sense of duty You are too beautiful And I am a fool For beauty Oh! 
favorite Del Shannon record was, and there it is. Keep searching. 1964. I suppose I could shoehorn that title into my uh, theme of the show, you know, all this religious searching and wondering, but I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna do that. Nope. Even I'm wondering, too, if I should keep that other stuff. You know, a lot of times I do these shows and I have something on my mind and I talk about it at length, and almost invariably I go back and I remove it and toss it, because Because who cares, you know what I mean? Just kind of wool gathering here, thinking out loud. That ain't entertainment, is it? I don't know. I'll probably leave it alone. Some of you might get into it. And you know, I do joke a lot of times about my redundancy here. Sometimes it's because I forget I played something or said something, you know. And sometimes it's because it just seems pertinent at the time. And I'm not sure if anybody heard the previous time I did it. You know, not everybody listens to all of these shows. But for now, let's just do some more songs. I think at a previous show I played something from the album Farewell Aldebaran by uh, Jerry Yester and Judy Hensky. I think I did. Well, after that record, they formed a band called Rosebud. And it was the two of them along with some other Southern California types like uh, this guy Craig Dergy, who did an interesting album I may play a piece of someday. So I'm going to play a cut from their one and only album here. The track is called Lorelei. And then speaking of uh, band membership and shifting fortunes and all that kind of stuff, Mick Abrams or Abrahams, 
I never had a pronounce anything. You know what I'm saying? I should really research this stuff before I start talking. Uh, Mick Abrams broke away from Jethro Tull after the first album they did and formed the Bloodwind Pig. Bloodwind Pig? Bloodwind Pig? Uh, anyway, here's something he did for Jethro Tull, followed by Art and Dottie Todd from 1958, doing a song that was later covered almost identically by the Manhattan Transfer.
so sad now that she's gone. I've been loving that woman too long. There's no place to go, cause my friends have all moved. Got nothing but sit in the sun. Got tired of crying.
Ubu Suku is the name of that one. It's from an album of duets by Archie Shep and the South African pianist Dollar Brand, who also went by the name Abdullah Ibrahim after he converted to Islam, but still used the Dollar Brand name often. I guess, you know, you have a name like that, man. Come on. <laughs> Gotta use it. Dollar Brand is somebody I kind of overlooked. It was just a name to me. And not too long ago, I listened to some pieces of his and was really struck by them. They were uh, beautiful. And a lot of his stuff in various different formats, including orchestral formats, uh, share that beauty. I'll play some more of his stuff in the future. This is a little atypical, and it's especially atypical for uh, Archie Shep, who was known for much more fiery outside stuff earlier. Now, I'm getting into a lot of this hooey about religion today and all that, and you know, you take it or leave it, right? I mean, it's always the kind of thing you, the more you talk about it, the less you're saying, you know, it just it, it doesn't translate. I do my best, you know what I mean? I'm just talking about what I'm thinking in my life. Anyway, speaking of things I'm thinking, there's this TV commercial I want to bitch about for a minute. I see it a lot. Car commercial, you know, I usually ignore these because I don't care about cars. But it actually uh, irritates a very particular thing in me. You'll, you'll understand why. It's this mother is um, attending her child's school concert. But it's kind of surrealist because the school concert is a semicircle of kids playing. And in the center of the semicircle is this car with the woman sitting in it. So it's stupid, improbable setup, but whatever, right? Woman's sitting in the car and the, and the orchestra starts playing. Also, Sprach Zarathustra. This was a big thing to me when I was a kid because of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. And it's an orchestra of kids, so it's kind of discordant, and it grows more discordant as it goes. Kind of like a cover version of the Portsmouth Symphonia, you know what I mean? But anyway, the mother's sitting in the car, and she can't take the din. She can't stand it, so she closes the window. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60. Take on life in style. So first it shows her when it gets quiet, you know, sitting in the car like, ah, why she doesn't have to hear these lousy kids. Then you see her driving the kid back home, daughter sitting in the back seat, and the mother's looking back in the rearview mirror all proud and shit. Well, what's she proud of? She couldn't stand listening to it, so she blocked it out, right? What's she proud of? Now, I know it wasn't lost on you that when she rolled up the window and shut the kids playing out, this secondary version of also Sprock's Arathusha is played in the proper way by a proper orchestra, concordant, all that, you know? And that's supposed to be some kind of triumph. It's a triumph of shutting out the kids' work, you know? And then the tagline is, they say, take on life in style. Well, she's not taking on life. She's denying life. She's accepting style as a substitute for life. This freaking car. It drives me nuts because it's um, the culture that surrounds me. These ads, they do these focus groups and they know how people are thinking. They, they, these are cues, you know, to uh, things that appeal to people. And I don't know, you know, I'm making too much of it, of course. But to me, it's uh, terrible. Hey, boy, what's with me today, right? I mean, if I ain't at a pulpit here, I'm uh, on a soapbox. Jeez. Well, anyway, I'm going to change the topic here. I, um, i got to tell you, we've been testing our 
rush response technology. It's in beta. We just started using it. A lot of you might not know what it is. It's a means where I can get instant reaction to things I play and say here on the show sent back in time to me here while I'm recording the show. It's an amazing day. It's uncanny, really. And for those of you that are helping us out with the testing, thank you. I'm getting some interesting responses. A few people heard that Hamilton Camp piece that I played before, and they are hungering for more uh, simpering music. Simpering. So I got something lined up for you guys. Then the girl group fans uh, contacted me en masse to tell me how much they enjoyed hearing Reparata and the Delrons. And could I please give them some jelly beans? Now, there's a couple of ways that I could interpret that. You know, Easter's coming, and a lot of them may be saying, you know, well, in response for my praising the girl group track, could you give me some sweet candies? And uh, I, I can't. I don't have that kind of technology. But for those of you who want the jelly beans, the girl group, I would tell you that the jelly beans were not strictly a girl group. There was a guy in the jelly beans. Nevertheless, I uh, get what you're saying, and uh, I'll give you some jelly beans, absolutely. So you're gonna hear them singing I'm Hip to you, and then I'm gonna give you the association after that. A couple of people might say, no, you've been playing the association, you play them too much. You played them a couple of times just recently, and uh, I confess my guilt. Guilt by association. <laughs> and what better palate cleanser after all that sugary sweetness than something by the Minutemen? A lot of people think of them as a punk band, and they were, but it wasn't all they were. Here's a track called Do You Want New Wave or Do You Want The Truth? They want both, guys. That's why everybody's listening to the Buckaroo Holiday, man. They want both. And I hope they also want some classical music, because I'm going to bookend this with two different pieces, chamber pieces by American composers. At the end, you'll hear a flute quartet by Emma Lou Deemer. It's the middle movement of a toccata for flutes. Spiritually concerned in a lot of her work, but this is more abstract. And to begin the set, the middle movement of three diverse movements from the composer Newell K. Brown from Salt Lake City.
Emma Lou Deemer there, as performed by the Armstrong Flute Ensemble. I think it was kind of an ad hoc thing, uh, sponsored by the Armstrong Flooring Company. But whatever, right? You know, we need we need flute quartet music. We need a lot more flute quartet music, I think. Ah, I mean, you know, I'm feeling a little bad because there were a lot of things I had I wanted to play on this show. I had this whole thing about um, medicine shows that I wanted to get into. And then I find as I wanted to say a lot of things, too, you know, talking about all this religion stuff and, and even magazines. I had things I wanted to get to. Time's too short, you know, but you can't, I can't make the show to be, you know, four hours. What good is that, you know? Two hours is probably a bit much for most people to take, you know, one sitting anyway. So, you know, I wanted to talk about this Mamet book I'm reading, David Mamet, the playwright. He's got this new book called Recessional that my wife picked up, and I've been reading it, and there's a lot of great stuff in it. It um, mirrors a lot of stuff I've been thinking about, actually. So, of course, I think it's great, you know, what do you think? But it does give me a modicum of hope. I was talking to my shrink a while back about this trauma of losing my entire circle of friends in one fell swoop. It was, it remains traumatic, you know? But she said, well, maybe you ought to find some people who think the way you do, who agree with you. And I'm like, what does that mean, you know? I think the way I do. I, I don't want people who think the way I do. What is that, you know? I mean, if it has to do with politically, I don't want to be in some political cult of like-minded people. That's the exact opposite of what I want. But I guess, you know, the friends I do have uh, tend to be more open-minded, more tolerant, or just keep my mouth shut about it. I'll take that, too. <laughs> but I do think a lot of them are going to come around in time to some of the stuff I've been talking about. I, I really do think so. Because as much as I talked before about the pain of a loss of faith, Loss of faith can be a good thing, too. When you have a faith that's blinding you, whether it's a, a faith in political or religious dogmas or anything, you know, um, it's good to lose it if it's uh, coming from bullshit. So anyway, the Mammoth book is encouraging. It's, it's, a, it's a light read. It's, it's a bunch of very short essays. And uh, you might want to pick it up, check it out. Rawhide. But anyway, remind me next time to... Uh, talk about some of the stuff I had meant to and didn't get to and some of the music I was going to play, you know, it's uh, just, I mean, let me know, you know. Here's the last proper set of the show. Going to play something by Sonny and the Sunliners. This was a Chicano act. Am I supposed to say Chicanex? <laughs> Send me a postcard, let me know the right way to do it. I don't even know their pronouns. But Sonny and the Sunliners were a Sunliners were a uh, Chicano act from Texas. And they did this music called Tejano music. But this here is more of a traditional ballad. It's called I Have No One. And musically, it's just kind of a uh, meld of uh, making whoopee and I Only Have Eyes For You, right? Nothing special in that regard. It's the performance here that I'm interested in. He's recorded so close, the mic is so close. That's almost like EMDR, you know, or, uh, or Joe Biden slipping off the deep end, as he so often does. So the close mic'd sound has an effect that I find kind of engaging, and I hope it engages your interest. If not, stand by, because it'll be followed by something that I think is pretty wonderful. It's a song by The Faces. You know The Faces. This was recorded for their album A Nod's As Good As A Wink. Ronnie Lane tune. 
and it's really a, a beautiful piece of work. Now, the lyrics are a little bit opaque, but once you know the story behind them, they're less so, and it becomes really touching. It's called Debris, or as the English have it, Debris. And the Debris was the name of an area in London where Ronnie Lane grew up. And it was named that because it was all rubble. There was blocks and blocks of rubble from the Second World War. Every Sunday around here, they would have a flea market where people sold goods to each other. And Ronnie's father would go there and try to get bargains because he was really living tight. His wife had MS and was in very bad shape and he cared for her apparently very faithfully and absolute devotion and had the same devotion for his kids. Ronnie and his brother, I believe. He was a bus driver, didn't make a lot of money, so life was a real struggle. And he never complained. According to Ronnie, he uh, made their lives joyous and full, despite the enormous pressures on him and the tragedy of his wife's fate, because she died very young. And then it turned out, although Ronnie didn't know this at the time, both brothers would eventually contract MS, and that's what killed Ronnie Lane. So this is music from the heart, really sincerely so. And I'll finish the set with a song by Dino Webster. Dino Webster was a singer from England in the vein of, I guess, Joan Baez at times or um, Mary Hopkin at times. When she did the straight folk stuff, she was very much like a Joan Baez type, but she also did this kind of middle-of-the-road folk rock stuff. And she was very pretty and was a good singer, so big things were expected of her, but her album never made it. And that was pretty much it for Dina Webster's musical career. And as we know, I celebrate the losers of the game whenever I can, but that's not why I'm playing it here. Mainly I'm playing it because of the song. It's a Janice Ian song. Now Janice Ian is great. She was one of the, I'd say top five live performers I've ever seen. She's just an incredible performer. And I wrote her after I saw her and she wrote me back. So here's to Janice Ian and here's to Dina. The song itself is so tough-minded. She's got this guy and he's um, thinking he's moving in on her and she wants no part of this. And, She's exasperated. Oh, God, I tell no lies, you're losing. So aside from the fact that here she is a teenager writing this song, and um, it has all the bite of a Dylan song of that era, you know, the uh, mid-60s spiteful Dylan, but it also paints this great narrative picture of the scene that she's in with this guy. It's, uh, it's more than just a simple fuck you kind of number. There's a whole scenario. I think you'll like it. So, let's go. Here's Sonny and the Sunliners. I am no one to call my own No one to kiss or telephone no one to talk with No one to walk with I'm alone On starry nights I watch the sky 
but my star won't shine And I don't know why But I still pray for Each night and day for Someone to love Someday On the lonely avenue Or on a crowded City square Our hearts will find A faded rendezvous I don't know when Or even where But till that day I'll be on my way I know that it can't be long I know that somewhere There must be someone Someone to love Steps at the front door 
Good show, Dina. Good show, Janice. And I hope it was a good Buckaroo Holiday show for you all. I'm in a bittersweet mood, as you might have noted. I'm in a reflective mood. My boy just started his first full-time job yesterday. Got real mixed feelings about that. You know, life goes on, and uh, I'm proud of him. Proud of my daughter. She's been running her own business out of her little salon out back for months now and has a regular clientele. They're doing great. I'm real upset about the world and the state of this country. And a lot of this has to do with getting old, maybe. I don't know. But uh, glad I have this. This helps me uh, deal with it. And I hope when my wife and I sit back and listen to this show, as we tend to do with a couple of cocktails on the weekend, I won't be mortified by it. <laughs> like I was with the 1972 shows. I don't know why. I just feel like I blew it. Nevertheless, I uh, am going to post a third one. If you, do, if you don't know what I mean by the second one, it's on the Patreon. Third one might be here, might be on the Patreon. I haven't decided yet. I'm not going to make the pitch for the Patreon because... I think those of you who want to be part of that already are part of it. If any of you are interested in it, I welcome you, but I ain't expecting it. Those of you on the Patreon know that there are a couple of shows overdue. Finland, Charles Ives, a couple others. They'll be up very soon, I promise. Also, Willie will be joining me. Things have been tough the last few months, and... We haven't had the opportunity to get together. You know, he lives six hours from here, so it's something we have to really arrange when we do it. But it is going to happen. Just talk to him yesterday. Some of those shows might appear here. Other ones will appear on the Patreon as I start to phase this out more and more. And that's where it's at. Going to close with a number that you've heard on the show before, several times before. On account of I Love It So from the musical How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. That's right. I believe in you. But this is not the version I've been playing. This is a version in the song when Bobby Morse's character has lost his faith <laughs> and Michelle Lee's character reassures him with his own words. Quickly before I go, I want to thank Herbie for correctly sussing the subtext of the This Is 45 episode of Buckaroo Holiday. And for not getting mad about that. <laughs> and I thank Colin for sending me the Phil Linnett documentary. Thank you very much, brother. And I thank the rest of you for spending your time with me here on Buckaroo Holiday. Faith can be a shaky thing, but I do believe in you. You have a cool, clear eyes of a seeker and true Yet there's that upturned chin and the grin of impetuous youth Oh, I believe in you I believe in hear the sound of good solid judgment whenever you talk 
yet there's the bold, brave spring of a tiger that quickens your walk. Oh, I believe in you. I believe in you. And when my faith in my fellow Seeker of wisdom and truth. Yet with the slam, bang, tang, reminiscent of gin and vermouth. 